Joe, what are you drinking? That's that's not a beer. <sighs> Coca-Cola. I'm Miles Robinson. Hello to all my ATLians. We got Leandro. Everybody here, all right, all right. And you know what it is, five strikes don't stop. And you know what it is, we just cut up all the rest. Now we got a gold star hanging above the crest. They lost in translation, they not understanding me. Joseph Martinez, Atlanta is family. My city love me, Orlando was mad at me. I can't be clean, but they stopped over and trash me. We got WrestleMania, Fred the Boy, MLS champs. Got a thick look, but we number one. What you take us for? Got a shout out to Blake's in the course. Brought to you by Creative Lothian. What's up, everybody? Welcome back in to another episode of ATL and United Podcast. We're coming in victorious. I'm Blake the Marshman, joined as always by my co-host... ATL, Joe! And Joe, we just got back from Kennesaw. Victorious, we advance in the CONCACAF Champions League. It's been a great week for Atlanta United. Got off to a really strong start. We're going to dive right into some news, because there is a lot of exciting news coming out around Atlanta, around this club, and we couldn't be more excited to dive in. We're going to start off with... The news everyone's been waiting for since this ginormous preseason announcement. Spike the dog. Arguably our top signing of the offseason, Joe. Absolutely great signing. That that was the eclipse of our entire offseason. We got a, a little eclipse? puppy. Like they could block the sun. Just the it, immaculate perception of when the moon crosses through the sun and how you can just stare at it. I was about to say and, a very small dog. Probably would not block the entire sun. Well, at a at a certain angle, if you put it over your eyes far enough, it's going to block the whole sun. The dog? Or the sun. S- Spike? Yes. Spike is creating an eclipse. If you want Spike to create the eclipse, he can create the eclipse. Anyways, the biggest news, besides Spike being our signing, there's a meet and greet. You can actually meet Spike the dog March 2nd, Atlantic Station. There's a team store in Atlantic Station, if you guys haven't checked it out. It pretty much mirrors the team store at Mercedes-Benz. But this is the player meet and greet that you don't want to miss. Get a picture with Spike the dog. I don't know if Spike's doing autographs, but if he is, how would they do that, Joe? Do you think they'd like dip his paw in ink and then he would like press it on a piece of paper? Or do you think they put a Sharpie in his mouth so he could sign? Probably the paw and the <clears throat> ink, or, or if the fans are really want to get up close and personal, he'll give you a personal lick on your face. I would still would love a Spike signed jersey, so I'm gonna I'm, I might just bring like a little ink pad. You know, I might have him sign my golden Spike that I, I tap the beers in with every week. That would be that would be beautiful and challenging as well. Uh, on to players that actually run out on the pitch for Atlanta United, and the player that was actually announced to the Concacaf Team of the Week. I thought the best player. We'll talk a lot about the game and the victory in Kennesaw. Petey Martinez. Big props for Petey. Let's give him. Let's give him a little golf club. Yeah, this was a, this was Great announced game. for for leg one of the tournament where he got put on Team of the Week, not even knowing what he was about to do last night. As we're recording this, the game happened last night, and Petey just went off again, and we're, we'll get into that more. But Petey Martinez, I hope this is the first of many Team of the Weeks for you. Yeah, the little bird is coming out chirping this year. MLS first weekend. This is a big weekend, and it's a huge game for Atlanta United. It's an even bigger game, arguably, for Nashville. It's their inaugural match. This is a club that has been in the works for five or six years now, got launched into the MLS, and this is their first season. 
They haven't finished their stadium, so this is actually going to be in the Titan Stadium, Nissan Stadium, and it's going to be cold, Joe. I'm going to be there. Britt's going to be there. Ben's going to be there. The whole podcast crew is going to be there, but you. What's up with that, man? Yeah, sorry, Blake. I I might have some personal matters to go into. I think you're just scared of the cold, and I, it is going to be really cold. I'm not a fan of the cold. You are right about that. Uh, and, and it's a big opening weekend for the MLS. Atlanta United has a huge game. Let's see if we can actually win a season opener. We haven't done that in our entire history. So this would be a really good start to the season if we can roll off the form that we just got in the Champions League. And, and Blake, there's other pretty good games going on around around the league that I might want to pay attention to after the Atlanta game. You know, LAFC is going to go and face Inter-Miami for the, the home opener. So as Atlanta is facing the one inaugural team, LAFC, the other child star for MLS is going to face enter Miami David Beckham's new dream child yeah and, and I think they're still getting sued over their name correct so pending lawsuit as well for pending enter. lawsuit yeah In, uh, it's just I Miami I Miami Miami <clears throat> yeah starring Will Smith another game I'm I intrigued Robot. by though Blake would be Columbus versus NYCFC you know NYCFC has put on a show for the Champions League to start and then Columbus made a, a, a big contributions to their team, not to mention Darlington Nagby. We miss you, Darlington. Yeah, and it, it, it is it is going to be a huge opening weekend in MLS. We can't hammer that home enough. Can't hammer that even more than the Golden Spike. But it is going to be cold. It's going to be really cold in Nashville. So if you guys are going to the game, wind chill is expected to be around 10 degrees. Uh, and I think most of the supporters section tickets for Atlanta are in the upper deck. Uh, I've been to this stadium before. I actually saw Team USA play here, the U.S. men's national team. Uh, in a Gold Cup match, and it is exposed to the elements. Nashville does not have a lot of mountains. It's up on a plane. It's going to be windy. It's going to be cold. So bring your Atlanta United beanies, bring your scarves, bring your mittens, gloves, hand warmers, wool socks. I'm just describing my outfit right now. But yeah, anyways, that's what you're going to be wearing. But for those of you that are not going to be able to make it to Nashville, which is unfortunate, but you're like me, there are plenty of watch parties around town, and none that I want to feature more than Second Self Brewery is holding is hosting a watch party for for people who are not going to be making it to the show. Yeah, and I mean it's huge. I mean Second Self has partnered with a lot, a lot of Atlanta United events. This is going to be a huge watch party, and don't forget if you guys get out there early, they have a uh, it's one of my favorite food trucks in all of town. Uh, it's called Real Mexican Vittles. It's a food truck. I'm talking the best tacos you have ever had. If you like carne asada, if you like some some al pastor tacos, you got to be there for the tacos and the beer. The beer is always great at Second Self. But yeah, man, I, I know we got some other stuff going on around the city and around some of our brewery partners. Uh, Terrapin, who's come on as a partner, uh, is doing beer and bingo. And they actually do that every week. If you guys don't have anything going on Wednesday night, uh, up at the Battery, check it out. Smoked Wings, and it's from Fox Bros. So if you guys like Fox Bros smoked wings. They got 20% off wings. You can play bingo, pretend you're in a retirement home. It's great times. Uh, I know they give out a bunch of funny prizes. And like I said, you got to go for the wings. They also do trivia on Thursdays. And then in Sweetwater, I, I, you know, I know Sweetwater has some events coming up, but what I'm really excited about to announce Joe is their cornhole league coming out. I know you and I are going to be joining one of the teams. Seven weeks outdoor spring cornhole league. You know, if you're just tired of sports, like that you can't play or get hurt at cornhole beer cornhole is a great alternative yeah and and so you guys know if you listen to the first couple episodes we are really big into the local breweries here and we are bringing in some of the these guys to sponsor us and, and do some plugs for them but we have a really great thing coming up later on in the episode during our beer of the week segment we are bringing in the brew master of steady hand brewery 
Brian Sullivan will, will join us on the show later, and he's got a lot of great insight. I'm really excited to be our first special guest ever on AT Aliens United. And in just two weeks, they have their first anniversary party coming up. You guys have to get out, check it out, support Steady Hand. It's going to be an awesome party, and it's coinciding with, with the opening weekend of Atlanta United here at home. So it's going to be a party all weekend. Can't wait for it. And now before Blake can tell you what's hurting more than the coronavirus, here's 15 seconds of Patreon. Hey, ATLians, are you guys interested in additional Atlanta United content? Or are you guys interested in helping us eat? Consider contributing to patreon.com slash United. That's patreon.com slash United. Injury report. Injury. Injury. Injury report. Injuries. Injuries. Uh, everyone knows at this point that injuries are my favorite section to talk about, and we have a new and improved injury segment for today, Joe. Really excited. We have a global pandemic that has hit the injury report. Coronavirus. Uh, welcome to the injury report. I'm not going to get super involved with the spread of this potentially deadly virus that apparently originated from some people eating bats. But uh, it's affected my stocks, and so I've been a little upset about that. And Bello also came back to the team this week, which is good, because he hit his head really, really hard, and rumor had it that he forgot the, the last couple weeks, which had been really good for Atlanta United. We had a, we had a, a draw, and then we had a win in Kennesaw, so uh, Bello has started to remember things again, looking like he's coming back, and actually... Left back is starting to look like a really strong position for us all of a sudden, thanks to a, a great debut last night. Absolutely. The Brazilian that no one was talking about, Luis Fernando, came off the bench, had a, a pretty sweet double nutmeg. Just a little bit of a taste of what flair he can bring to the game. Yeah, almost scored a goal, too. He had one flash across the wide post at the very end of the game. He got in the chance, and uh, man, I would have loved to see him put that in. Made everybody kind of forget about Rosalto. Yeah, which is the Brazilian that everyone's talking about. Mateus Rosetto, who you just mentioned, is not actually available for selection for this upcoming game against Nashville. He didn't make it for the CONCACAF Champions League game. His visa is severely injured. We're like, not really sure what's going on. Like, Am I the only one that's thinking this is a front office scheme and they're just going to come back and wow everybody some more? And then he he's going to show up with a full green card, exception to the U.S. We get an international roster spot. And Orlando City owes a $600,000 in GAM. From the articles and the interviews I've seen with Frank Dubor, uh, I, I'm not getting that vibe from him at all. I think he's very frustrated that Rosetta is not available. And this is a huge match. It's going to be on national TV, Nashville's inaugural game. We want our best players on the field. Uh, I'm going to have to disagree with you, Joe. I wish it was some sort of like secret science experiment by our front office to get him a green card. Uh, we just got to figure out what's wrong with this visa. It's really hard to get visa injury information. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not really sure. I can't go any further than that. Well, tell us about our other defenders. Uh, Robinson, Miles, he's going to be back soon. He's still week to week, which we talked about this last week. What does week to week mean? Does that mean one week? Does that mean two weeks? Does that mean three weeks? Apparently, it's still at least another week and then potentially a week on top of that. What's your take on this, Joe? Well, you described week to week exactly how you painted the picture in my head. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure that means that he'll be out one week and then maybe two. And then, but then does it does it roll over? Because then is he potentially hurt for three? And then when we get to the end of that week, is it still another? Because I feel like week to week could be forever, potentially. Well, that's how Bellow's injury started last year. It was week to week, and then it turned into month to month. 
and then the whole season. Yeah, yeah. So let's not put those thoughts on our head. Yeah. Miles, we want you back. Thanks once again, Miles, for, for injuring yourself doing our theme song. If you guys didn't know how Miles originally got hurt, he was running up to the microphone to welcome all you guys into the show. Quite honestly, I think Miles Robinson is a very friendly guy. And the reason he's injured right now is because he really wants to give the other center backs a chance at the starting lineup. And, and so he's just saying, oh, I'm injured and maybe these guys can really play. Yeah. And Anton came in and he's like, hey, I'm Anton Walks. I'm British. I'm and, glad to be back. And I'm I'm back. And thanks, Miles, because now I can show what I got. I should have done a better British accent. I'm British. Uh, I'm Anton Walks. That's pretty much it for injuries. Welcome back to Atlanta. We're, we're looking pretty healthy. We need to get all our visas in check. Bella's back. Hopefully, Miles, you're back soon. It's time to uh, break this game down. Joe, I know you're up there in Kennesaw. Let's get into this wonderful CONCACAF Champions League home win. Are we going to call it a home win? In Kennesaw, let's break it down. Blake, the game was amazing. We were there live, about five rows back in the supporter section. It was beautiful to be outdoors again as a home stadium to Atlanta United. You know, I would I love the bins and I love being in that atmosphere and 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 how it's downtown and it holds so many people and we bring such vibes. But Kennesaw just brings a more intimate environment and we still pack that place out. And the fact that we were just outdoors and and right on top of the pitch gives you a little bit of a Bobby Dobb vibe. And, of course, Kennesaw is now becoming our home away from home every time that Monster Jam and Motocross takes away the bins from us. We have to go out to Kennesaw. But but it's amazing that we get that opportunity. And, And it was so much fun. It was great to see all the fans there. And even the road supporters, they, they turned out true and blue and Pepsi styled for them, whatever that is. As I was walking up to the stadium, I saw a bunch of Montague fans marching back with their drums. Apparently, they turned away all the drummers from Montague. They, they weren't allowed to come into the stadium with their, their full drum kit. So wow. I, was, I was screaming at them, Vamos Atlanta. And they were saying, Montague. And I was like, no, Vamos Atlanta. Yeah. And that was about the end of our conversation. So but. I was watching from my couch. I, I actually had a great view of their supporters away section. And they were rowdy. I have to give them props. They looked like they're having a great great time. The blue contrasted really well with the red in the rest of the stadium. So you could not miss their fan section. It was they, almost like Coca-Cola versus Pepsi. It was Coca-Cola versus Pepsi. And, and actually, while we're on that subject, it's already been announced due to the final four in preparation for the final four, which is going to be at Mercedes-Benz Stadium this year our next round of the CONCACAF Champions League will be hosted once again in Kennesaw. So we get to keep that same intimate atmosphere. Did that really just get announced? I am not a fan of that, Blake. Are you kidding me? So so if Club America, uh, currently right now, by the time you guys are listening to this, you you probably already know the results of Club America versus Communicaciones, but I don't because I I, I haven't watched it yet. But if we're playing Club America, they're going to come to our home in Kennesaw? Yeah, so we're going to play at the Stadio Azteca, one of the most legendary venues in all of sports, where Mar- Maradona had the, the Hand of God goal. It, it, it holds literally six times the amount of people the stadium in Kennesaw holds. Now, Mercedes-Benz actually hosted Club America last year. We beat Club America in the Campeones Cup, one of our three cups in Atlanta United history, for you uh, history scholars out there that have been with us for you know the many, many four years that we've been around. But... This is actually very devastating, I think, to our club as a brand because Club America, the biggest name in Mexico versus Atlanta United trying to become the biggest name in U.S. soccer, that would have been a spectacle to see. Stadio Azteca, Mercedes-Benz, 
it's a little bit disappointing, but I know that the crowd at Kennesaw is going to bring it. Yeah, it'll be, it'll, as much as I just said, I love the atmosphere and the fun at Kennesaw, and I'll still be at that game if it happens. I will be truly disappointed that we cannot bring that international brand of us against a team like Club America. Now I'm, I'm really going to go for Communications. No offense to them, I just I would prefer playing the bigger club in the bigger stadium. Yeah, and so still a chance to uh, to go ahead and see some CONCACAF Champions League in the bins. It just won't be until the semifinals if we make it that far. Well, Blake, uh, let, let's break down more of what happened just yesterday in, in this recap uh, of how we just picked apart Montague. And, and what I saw was a total team domination. Well, Frank DeBoer came out with a wonderful tactical plan, and I, I saw a total team defense. Everybody throughout the game was sitting behind the ball at times, it was just Joseph Martinez way up front. And you saw Barco and Petey both sagging back and really dropping low as Montague was pulling out a full-on high press. And it looked like we had very good, fluid ball movement and a wonderful game plan to just kind of play keep away. Yeah, and we, we dominated possession in this game. Uh, you know, I know you're watching from the stands. Uh, on TV, they're constantly throwing possession stats out there. They did have a high press. They didn't come out defensive. They came out pressing high up the pitch, but we broke that press very easily. I thought Heinemann did a great job. I thought Remedy did a great job playing centrally and getting passes out wide to some new players. And and I thought that, honestly, Petey Martinez, this is a game he truly came out of his shell. We already talked about him a little bit at the beginning of the show. We can't mention it. He scored a goal in both halves, and he had an assist. He had a hat trick of involvement in our three goals. And uh, it was just great to see him out there, especially early on. He was missing a couple chances. You could see the frustration, not just from his body language, but also in the moans that I could hear from the crowd on TV. Just kind of like, oh, no, are we going to get this Petey Martinez again? game. Yeah, he's just like, he's got a wide open look, and he's launching it 10 rows deep. So, so happy to see no. him get off to a great start. It was as if he was getting calibrated. His first two shots went wide right, and then he had a wonderful look that he sailed over the crossbar that was dipping and came back down. A really good bending shot. Just he was not far enough out to make it dip down in. And then his very next play where he had that link-up play with Joseph Martinez, passes it to Joseph, and Joseph, one touch, no look pass to Pity, who was able to set it up and bury a goal after he was fully calibrated in. And what a compliment to Joseph Martinez not to take it at the top of the box and try to shoot himself, but give Petey Martinez, who had a better angle at the goal, who buried the, the opportunity. Man, and if this is a sign of things to come for the season, I could not be more excited because that little heel flick that Joseph had and that one-two combination that they had the whole match was fantastic to see. I mean, obviously, this is something that Petey Martinez assisted on Joseph Martinez's goal, which was another phenomenal goal. Joseph rounds the keeper, chips it from a difficult angle. It was never in doubt. As soon as he took that first touch past the keeper, everyone knew the ball was going in the back of the net. Joe, I know you're sitting like right behind that goal in the second half when he scored. What was your take on it? Well, it was absolutely incredible. I, I joked to Britt, who was with me at the time, and then left to go to the bathroom during that one spectacular moment. And he takes it on from an angle and does a, a typical Joseph Martinez-esque goal where he baits the goalie, gets around the goalie, shoots on an open net from an odd angle, and just 
a classic Joseph Martinez goal. It, it was wonderful to see. And then finally, another Martinez to Martinez connection, which I hope that we see throughout the entire season. Maybe this foreshadowing for things to come. But the final goal where Joseph Martinez is about to get his brace and he's baiting the keeper again. And the keeper says, I know what you're going to do. So he takes Martinez out. Well, all pity out of nowhere. PD Bird just running on in, grabs the ball, and, and does his own Joseph Martinez impression and, and baits a goal, uh, the defender and chips it home for the third goal. Yeah, and great to see Petey finish with his weak foot. You know, we don't see a lot of right-footed Petey. Uh, it looks like he's been working on his right foot in the offseason. He looks sharp. He looks quicker. Again, it's hard to say against Montague. All props to them. We'll see really on Nashville and beyond what Petey's made of this year. But, man, great signs from him. And, and his link-up play with Joseph, I think, is the most exciting thing. And we can't forget about Barco. Barco also playing up with this attack. We have all three of our designated players, all three of our highest-paid players in one attacking formation and a front three. That's, I mean, that's what MLS teams dream of. That's a, that's a true attack-based lineup, and I hope we see it, we stay healthy, and we see it you know, for the rest of the season. It's going to be incredibly exciting. Yeah, with those three up front, it kind of makes you forget about all the, the visa issues and the injuries that we have to the other starters on the team. As long as we can keep those three healthy and in form and playing together, who knows how many wonderful moments we're going to see come out of what they create. And, and I think the player of the match this game has to, hands down, go to pd martinez yeah man of the match new section we're going to be doing for you guys when we recap games we got to give our player of the game our man of the match to pd martinez uh like we said two goals one assist i want to use a a quote from frank DeBoer uh because i thought this was a a very impactful quote joe you know i love quotes he said pd wants to be a very important player for the team and also help the young guys I'm pleased with what he's showing on the training pitch, and I also think that he's showing his quality. If this is the start, I'm already happy. This is a guy that was in arguments with Frank DeBoer last year. He was visibly upset when Frank DeBoer would sub him out. Frank DeBoer wasn't even starting him for half the season. So to see this relationship on the mend and for Frank to come out after the game in a press conference and say, hey, we are already really happy with Petey Martinez, I think this is a great sign. Happy players play better. And, uh, and Blake, it, it's, it seems it's like great stuff. Seems like we are in a better place to start this year than the place we were to start last year. We finished well last year, in, kind of in the middle ways. But Petey Martinez came out and had a wonderful quote of his own. I don't know if you have it in front of you here, but he was saying something to to the aspect of how he he was in a different headspace last year, and, and kind of he cleared his head this year, and he he's ready to play. Yeah, and, and it, it came out as well this week after that quote leaked that there were offers from Mexican clubs and from European clubs for Petey Martinez. And and Atlanta United said that the bid was way too low and it's not what they're expecting. And and Petey is a huge part of our plans going forward this year. And if part of those plans is how he's been playing these first two games, I am all aboard the Petey train. All aboard the train. Uh, Like you said, he did come out and say my head wasn't where it needed to be. This is a new year. I'm feeling comfortable. Last year just didn't happen for me, but I'm in a good moment and I'm ready to get it this year. I think it's really admirable that he says that last year didn't really happen for him because a lot of players would be like, yeah, let's just forget about the past. He's actually acknowledging that he underperformed last year. Atlanta United, the front office, also admitted, hey, you guys are throwing out these these cheap bids. We're getting a return on our investment. Even though we're going to sell this player, 
on at some point in the future. That's our model. We're not going to sell them for cheap. We're not going to sell low. We think this player's stock can rise. And so that's why I'm incredibly excited to watch him. His head seems to be in it this year. Petey Martinez, man of the match. And hopefully, man, I'd love to keep it rolling. Maybe player of the season. Is it too early for that? It's probably too early for that. It might be. His head is in the right place. Uh, you know whose hair is in the right place? Your favorite player, Joseph Martinez. Hair, hair. Watch. Joe, he did it. He did it again. Joseph Martinez, our king, he's changed his hair again. Still blonde, thank God. But uh, we have a new blue streak. And, and, and Joe, I did a ton of research leading into this hair watch. Joseph has never had blue hair. Now that he has rolled out the blue hair, he has last, scored... Last week. Last week. It started in the CONCACAF Champions League. He's now scored a goal in each game. So he has a 100% goal-scoring record with blue hair. Yeah, but this blue hair, this is still the same kind of shape he had it shaped in, but it's not the David Spade look of last week. No, much improved on the the David Spade look. He is gone with a a blonde shave sides, medium length uh poofy top, but but very straight on the on the poof. Um as someone called a fade with a lot of hair, it's it's resembling almost a mohawk. This blue streak, this is new and this is very very I mean, it's you gotta say it's very crucial to his game. We can't lose the blue. He's got a hundred percent goal scoring streak with the streak of blue. I, I think I've got to call this one the Pokemon look. Pokemon, <laughs> I like it. I like it. We're I gonna- mean, he, he kind of resembles one of the avatars from Pokemon. He's got the blue in there to bring some color to it. Yeah, and he originally debuted this haircut actually at a Hawks game. So if you guys haven't gotten out to see the young, exciting Hawks that don't have the greatest record in the NBA, I'm going to do a quick plug. We got a great team. They We're do have Trey Young. Trey Young is balling out, all-star this year. Since you mentioned it, and you got Joseph Martinez and Trey Young in the same sentence, are, are those our, our top two Atlanta stars right now? Or are you going to throw in a couple other people, Julio Jones? Who are the top Atlanta sports stars right now? I'd say you got to go with Joseph Martinez, number one, Trey Young, number two, and you might reverse it with the hair. They kind of go back and forth. You're not going to throw Julio Jones into that top tier? Because uh, I, I would throw him I'm out I'm not there. throwing a single player on the Falcons into uh, superstars of Atlanta. But speaking of stars, this is one quote from Joseph. I wanted to throw this into Hair Watch because I think this resembles him, his new hairstyle, and how he plays, Joe. He said, if I don't score, another guy may score. Then he plays. So, speaking in the third person, Martinez goes to the bench. That's why I'm a striker, no? So I have to score. No. If you know score, you know play. Joseph. That's what he said. He got blue hair. He scores every game. Every game, Joseph has had blue hair. He scored a goal. Let's keep it rolling. Joseph, if you get rid of the blue, I'm going to be heartbroken. Throw it on your analytics. I think I need a beer. Beer of the week! Every week. And uh, we got a, a real special guest this week. First time we've actually brought someone from... A beer we're featuring onto the show, and we couldn't be more excited. Joe, who do we got joining us today? Hey, yeah, this is ATL Joe, but I'm not the one that's joining us today. We've got our brewmaster from Steady Hand Brewery, Brian. Why don't you introduce yourself, Brian Sullivan? Oh, thanks, guys. Happy to be here. Yeah, so uh, I'm co-founder and brewmaster of Steady Hand Beer Co. here in Atlanta. Uh, we're located on the west side of town. Cool. And uh, I know you guys got a lot going on in the brewery right now. You guys got your one-year anniversary coming up. That's right. And you guys are rolling out tons of new beers. You're going to see it in more and more stores all over Georgia. I know Kroger's on the list. So if you guys are shopping at Kroger, be sure to look out for Steady Hand. Uh, Brian, we're just kind of curious, man. What did you bring for us today? 
Let's talk about the beer. This is what we love to do on the show. Oh, for sure. So today we've got our Cloudland Hazy IPA. So 6% uh, hazy sort of uh, new school hops uh, featuring Eldorado hops on this one. So easy drinking, not a lot of bitterness to it. Huge hop aromatics, heavy dry hop, a lot of hop flavor to it. Um, pairs good with food. That's Very sure. good. Well, Brian, I am going to do a tradition on the show of spiking it in with my golden spike that Atlanta United sent us back in 2018. Golden spike for awesome. Atlanta United. They sent us a new one in 2020, but I haven't broken it in yet. So I'm going to spike this in as we chant ATL, and you can actually you be ch- a witness to, to the, all the listeners out there that I actually do spike this in. Here we go. A-T-L. Beautiful. Beautiful spike. Nice. Spike appears to be lodged in the beer. Brian, we're sorry for uh, for the spillage. Slight no, spillage. Good. Slight that's, spillage that's of your beer. I like it. Every oh. beer takes the spike a little bit different. Oh, you never know what you're going to get with the spike. <laughs> yeah, but That one seemed to survive pretty good. I got to say that, uh, that yeah. was a well-crafted can. We've had some disasters on the show. It punctured on the second hit, but I wanted to go all the way through. Got to be and, thorough. Yeah. Brian, we're super, we're super excited to have you on the show most of the year with us. Um, you're going to be coming on, bringing in beers when you can, talking about the brewery, talking about what's going on at the brewery. Let's talk a little bit about kind of like your background. I know you have done a lot of stuff. You lived for a while in California, then Wisconsin. Now you're here in Georgia. Yeah. Tell us just about like Steady Hand. Uh, you guys start and then I know we're coming up on the one year anniversary coming up right for the start of Atlanta United. So kind of just give us a little background on the brewery and make sure people get out to visit. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So we started it. Uh, it's a family business. My brother and I run it. Uh, we started it, actually, I moved down to Georgia five years ago to get this thing going. And uh, while we found a space and we were kind of working through, you know, getting the brewery up and running, um, <clears throat> we were lucky enough to do some kind of gypsy brewing. So we were renting time at other people's breweries. Uh, we were working out of uh, in Athens and in Savannah. Living the gypsy brewer life? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was... Did you hop rail cars to get up and down the city? No. I mean, a little, like, yes sax no. on sticks. I mean, yeah, the sax on sticks was huge. <laughs> yeah, you know, 44 pounds of hops on your shoulders. <laughs> exactly. You need the stick, right? I mean, it's it's impossible to carry it. Um, so, yeah, construction <laughs> took us a while. We were trying to get everything up and running. Um, fortunate enough to get the brewery, like, our own physical space going a year ago. So excited to celebrate that one year, you know, having that tap room open and being in our own facility and just cranking out beer. Yeah, and I know it's it's huge. Like, you guys have even more beers on draft than you have in cans. Um, I think it's something like 24 on tap in, yeah. the, in, the, in the brewery. And if you guys haven't seen the tap room, big, beautiful space. And I know you guys do a lot of stuff with Atlanta United. So we got a lot of Atlanta United listeners, and they're excited to, to kind of see you guys support the club as well this year. Oh, yeah. it's It's been fantastic to see what the club has done with the city and how much people are coming out for it and supporting it and – you know, we love being in that side of town to see a lot of people who come before the games and after the games, and it's been great, man. Yeah, absolutely just a, loving it. It's a short drive to Mercedes Benz too. Totally, not far at all. You can grab an Uber, grab a lift, pregame at Steady Hand. I know that's what uh, that's what we're gonna be doing coming up here. Yeah, that's right on the seventh. Yeah, we'll see you guys out there. Yeah. Hey, and this Cloudland Canyon, Cloudland IPA, is it yes. named after Cloudland Canyon? It is. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, I mean, you can see it on the can, right? It's that uh, that beautiful sunset. You know, you're finished a hike, and this beer would pair perfectly with it. Very much so. You know? Yeah. So, Brian, man, thanks so much for being on the show with us. We're super excited to have your insight into kind of the world of brewing, uh, especially in Atlanta, especially locally. I know you have a lot of connections around the city. You know, we've been featuring local Atlanta brews on the show for the past two years. Uh, so to all our listeners, we're just super pumped to have, have Brian a part of the team this year. Obviously, check out Steady Hand. Get out there. 
Uh, Brian, anything else that people should know about you or Steady Hand? Uh, just, just know random you can, facts. You know, come by the tap room. We're located on the west side of town. Uh, we're right across the street from Top Golf. Uh, come check us out. Come say hello. Uh, we've got distribution throughout the state of Georgia. So if you're out looking at to picking up a six pack or at your local watering hole, yeah, make sure to ask for it. And this you know? Cloudland IPA is going to be in Kroger real soon, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Cloudland, yeah. uh, our lager and our Paradise Weights IPA. Got some awesome beers on the horizon. I know the lager is, as Joe said, one of the most American beer cans we've ever seen, so you guys can't miss it. I believe it's inspired by Evil Knievel as well, correct? I, I think in subconscious, mm-hmm. I believe it is. Or yeah. Hot Rod. Have you seen Hot Rod? Oh, Under yeah, Rio? absolutely. One my, that's one of my favorites. That's a good one, too. All right. Well, Brian, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Oh, thanks for having me. This was amazing. Can't wait to uh, get your uh, beer out on the airwaves to the masses and and continue to get your insight into the world of brewing in Atlanta. So thanks so much, man. Absolutely. Cheers. Cheers. Trade rumor. Or there's more rumor. DM coming from Barco this year. Yeah, we got a transfer rumor um, that we are near to signing Tigres winger Jurgen Dom on yeah. a free transfer. I think that's pretty much locked in. Yeah. So that would be great news. Uh, a speedy. It would actually be our first Mexican player, a winger coming in, and I, I think this is really exciting. I mean, ESPN's reporting on this. Uh, Dirty South Soccer's reporting on it. Multiple outlets in Mexico and have reported. Coming, coming from one of the best teams, cl- one of the best clubs in all of Mexico in Tigres, this is a guy that, that has played in several CONCACAF Champions League. He hasn't had extreme success at Tigres, but he has had several caps, and he, he's a guy that has made the starting lineup. It'll be he, – he'll – just work wonders in the MLS. Yeah, and I think he's a guy that actually has an excellent resume. This guy has 12 caps for the Mexico national team, which is something that is very difficult to get into. The the competition for the Mexican national team, a lot of people would say is way beyond what is competition for the U.S. men's national team. And then you throw in that he's 27, he's in the prime of his career, he's made over 200 appearances in Liga MX, and all that's happened really recently is he's just gotten kind of in the Tito Vijalba situation where he's still a very liked player at Tigres, but he's he's coming off the bench and they feel like, you know, at 27, he's in the prime of his career. He needs to find some place where he can get more game time. Well, uh, with and, Atlanta United, who you know they're sitting on a ton of cash where they're probably going to make a move before or during the summer. This would be a wonderful move, and I, I I tend to believe the rumors if they they come out on all these multiple trusted sources. Yeah, and Dom has actually already come out in a press conference and say that like he's going to take a different direction in June, but alone for six months makes perfect sense until we get to June, and I I think that this is a a no brainer for the club. I thought that Mulraney looked great down the wing. I thought that Lennon looked okay. But we could definitely use some depth at that wing back position. It does like we're gonna, like it looks like we're gonna play with three at the back, or arguably five at the back for most of the year. Yeah, you say that now, but then if you remember, Frank DeBoer really likes to listen to our show and, and hear what we say, and then just change it up on the fly. Change it up on the fly. So probably we'll come out with four at the back next week, and we'll both look like idiots. But that's how it goes. At the end of the day, I thought our formation looked great. It looked really great. Yeah, it, it was so fluid, and I loved how how everyone would stepped in and played. Anton Walks looked like a whole new player than he was a couple years ago when he was on our team at just as a, a teenager. He went off to Europe, even though he was playing in the, he played in the championship, played a little bit of League One. He has developed into a, a very fine specimen. 
He's a fine specimen, and honestly, Anton Walks getting him back with that Atlanta resume that he already had. I think the connection with the fans is already there. He scored some crucial goals for us in our inaugural season, and I, I just think that Anton Walks is a guy that has a huge ceiling still, a huge, huge ceiling, similar to Miles Robinson. And we've brought in some some veterans on the back line, but I think that with those wing backs. Those are brand new players, Lennon, Mulraney, and I think we're looking to bring in even more depth at the wingback position or at the winger position because it's looking like for that front three that Barco and Petey are going to play very narrow. They're going to play close to Joseph, and our, our width is going to be provided by guys like Mulraney, by guys like Lennon, and and eventually with guys like Jurgen Dom. Yeah, and, and what I really saw with the whole team is I feel like maybe not top line speed was over the in our past, but... A full team speed. Everybody seemed to be a little bit a step quicker than we were last year, and and, and the the fluidity of the passing and, and and the team speed all combining together. I think it's going to be a very exciting season ahead. Yeah, and like I said, we've loaded up all our money into our attack. We got a uh, we got a sports car engine on the front. We're kind of banged up towards the back. We played up with just two midfielders. With, with just Hindman and just with Remedy, but I thought they played excellently together. We, I was looking online. I think Hindman only had one misplaced pass the entire game. That's pretty outstanding. Yeah, but that guy. one misplaced pass, man, that put us in a really severe yeah, spot. That was, that was a pretty sketchy pass. I, I still miss Nagby in the middle, but I think Hindman really did show signs of being not a replacement, but a, a, a good fill-in and a different style player than Nagby brought to the yeah, midfield. And you know someone we haven't even talked about this game was Fernando Meza. Meza had a wonderful game. He looked so calm in the back. He was playing it from the central uh, under a high press the entire game, and he just looked so silky smooth, yeah. not, not a worry about him. And then flanked by Escobar and, and Anton Walks. It was just a wonderful thing to see at the back. Not even our true three starters there. Yeah, I mean, a back three, three center backs without Miles Robinson, I don't think we could ask for much more. It looks like we have four really good center backs that we can rotate through, and that's a perfect number. For having four strong center backs, we have Meza, Escobar can play there, obviously Walks, and then Miles coming back into the fray. I'm really excited about our defense, and like we said, we've done it without any designated players. We've built a really solid back line, and we still have Larry who can drop back into center back. He's going to play a more defensive midfield role, as well as Eric Rometty. So defensively, we're still going to be that Frank DeBoer stubborn and hard-to-score-on style defense. But the fact that our offense is seemingly increasing in output and we're healthy rolling into the regular season, I'm super stoked for and this you game add, in Nashville. You add the new Luis Fernando Brazilian flair off to that left side, or he could probably even play on the right too. This is going to be an exciting game. Blake, I think it's a wonderful time. to Let's jump right into the preview coming up this weekend against Nashville. Right, Joe, I got to break it down. Going into this game, big news. The MLS, just like the Champions League in Europe, has released an anthem. And I, I can't even make this up. It, a lot of people might be laughing. Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer of pretty much all the Christopher Nolan movies you've ever seen. The famous composer has actually composed. Is that the right word? He's composed the MLS anthem. And it's going to play in the stadiums before every single MLS match this season. We're going to get to see it debut. 
live in Nashville. I, I'm pretty sure Britt can pipe it through for everyone to hear. Kind of cheesy but it's also kind of awesome because it's Hans Zimmer like the Inception soundtrack is one of my favorite soundtracks of all time he somehow makes music incredibly incredibly emotional and dramatic so I'm, I'm excited for this edition and I'm excited to hear it every time before we hear the starting Atlanta United lineup and that's what we got going into this Nashville match Joe we know our team we know what we're probably going to roll out there maybe a couple question marks but what is Nashville? Who is Nashville? This is their first game ever in the MLS. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to be very intrigued to see how Nashville comes out. And they've put together a, a decent squad, but I'm not truly sure how they're going to compare to the rest of the MLS. One of the things that they foundationally have done that, that other inaugural MLS teams that did not do is they have built around a defensive core and then they're going to let the offense kind of figure itself out as the season goes along. So one of the players they brought in was a, a MLS veteran, Dax McCarty. He is getting up there in age, but he has been one of the best defensive midfielders in MLS history. But they really rounded their team out with the trade that they made with LAFC and bringing in Walker Zimmerman, a guy who made the MLS best 11 last year. And you can argue with anyone that's not an Atlanta United supporter as he was the best defender in the league last year, going right up against Miles Robinson. I'd say Zimmerman and, and Robinson were the definitely the top two center backs in all of all of the United States last year. Uh, one thing I would wonder is uh, when it's 10-degree wind chill on a Saturday night, if Zimmerman's going to miss the L.A. weather. I, I, I personally would. But I'm sure he will, but we'll I, I don't know how, that, that. how he's going to focus with that. But <laughs> a U.S. men's national team starter, potentially the guy who's going to be our, our linchpin during the – the Gold Cup run, and, and this is a, a big signing for them. So we'll see how he can handle the the trifecta of PBJ coming right at him. Yeah, that's PD Barco Joseph. PD Barco Joseph, PB and J. We did not come up with that, but it's all over the internet. You guys check it out. There's some funny memes going on. Yeah, but so, so one thing that that Nashville has left to wonder about is hot who, chicken no no that's that's already a set thing oh, yeah. they already have their hot chicken <laughs> not hot chicken but who is there going to be their hot chicken goal scorer that's true they did make another good trade and, and picked up abu dunladi from minnesota united who was not getting much playing time there but he was a hot prospect he was selected above our very own miles robinson as a as the player in the mls draft that was going to be the dream setter yeah, and I remember but, talking about him on the show when that draft happened. We were like, all right, who are we going to get? End up with Miles Robinson. It turned out and, pretty well for us as well. And we got Julian Gressel that year too. Yeah, exactly. 
And Abu Dunlady, he, he did okay for himself at Minnesota, but he never really got that chance to shine. And so now he's got a new inaugural team to maybe really put his footprint on. And, and they're really going to try to figure out who their forward is, but I'm going to put my money on, on Abu Dunlady as the guy that's going to come out and, and claim that starting striker role for them. Yeah, and this is going to be an incredibly exciting team to watch just from the aspect of you know we have a strong attack and and we're kind of figuring things out on defense we looked good against Matagua uh, going into this game it's really going to be a, a contrast of two styles a really high powered PB&J attack versus this seemingly on paper strong defense and I thought this was incredible they've sold 50,000 tickets for this game I mean it's going to be a hype game how many of those thousand tickets are going to be Atlanta United supporters? I'm going to be one of them. So I and Britton Benner coming too. So that's at least three of the fifty thousand that are going to be Atlanta United supporters. I I, I think it's going to be <laughs> a hype atmosphere. I really do, and I think there's going to be a lot of Atlanta fans there. But I think there's going to be a lot of Nashville SC fans there. And Hans Zimmer's plan, the, the the anthem before the game. The teams are going to come out, and it is going to be a magical night in Nashville. I still remember our inaugural night at Bobby Dodd here in Atlanta, the energy in the building, the electricity. But at the end of the day, Joe, I think we're still the better team here. And I think it's going to be a lot like our first game against the Red Bulls and Bobby Dodd where we came out hyped. We even scored the first goal, but then we ended up losing the game. I just hope our players handle the emotion well because we have to realize that Nashville is going to be hyped more than they probably will be the entire season to come out and put on a good show on national TV for their first game in their history. Well, the good news for Atlanta is we've already been through the grinder a little bit. We have two Champions League games under our belt. We're starting to get into that early season form, and we're coming off a great game. And then we also have several players on this roster that went through the inaugural season themselves with Joseph Martinez back back in the fold as our star player. And, and just around him, Jeff Lorenowitz. And, and in the back, Anton Walks back for another year. We've got a, a veteran team kind of building around each other. I think that we are going to be focused for this game. We're going to go on the road and do something Atlanta has never done and win their opening MLS game. Yeah, and, and one guy I want to talk a little bit about with Nashville that's not going to be actually running around on the pitch is their, their head coach, Gary Smith. Uh, this is an English footballer, and he, and I say footballer because he really was a footballer back before it was even called soccer. Played a lot uh, in the English leagues. He played for some some names you might know like Fulham, uh, like Wycombe Wanderers. Uh, and then he's been managing, and I thought this was really interesting. Between 2014 and 2016, he was actually the coach of the Atlanta Silverbacks. So before Atlanta came around and became the 17s in 2017, he coached Atlanta's highest division soccer team, the Atlanta Silverbacks. I just thought that was an interesting piece of history. This is a guy that knows Atlanta well. He then went on to Nashville SC and the USL and has been with them since 2018 all the way to the promotion to to MLS and, and coming into this league. So uh, a guy that definitely knows his way around Atlanta, he definitely knows his way around the MLS, and he definitely knows his way around soccer. So I'm really excited to see how he does this year as a as a manager of a first-year team. You know, our first year we had Tata Martino coming into the league with a lot of experience. He put on a show and and honestly built a legendary reputation. What do you what do you think we'll see from a play style perspective, Joe? I think is is a question I really want to ask from Nashville. We know they got a strong defense. Are they going to come out and play attacking? Because in the past, Gary Smith has had 
a pretty attacking base lineup. Yeah, and I'm curious to see what he comes out with. But with what I see with their lineup, I really feel like they're going to be a type of team, especially early on, they're going to be more conservative. They might want to bunker down a little bit and try to hit Atlanta on the counter. And I really don't think that we're going to see a high press coming out of Nashville because they just don't have the the firepower up front to do that. So I think that they're going to try to defend solidly and then catch Atlanta out of position and maybe hit them on a couple of counter attacks and maybe their hopes are to survive a one nothing, a two to one, or even a one to one type of game might be good for them. Now, how I see Atlanta playing that, I think we are going to come out, weather the storm of emotions right at the beginning, because it, it, that first 15 minutes, we're going to get uh, hit hard by the cold, by the emotions. But I think Joseph Martinez and this on-form PD Martinez are ready to put on a show for Atlanta United. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we walk away from this one with a 3-1 to one victory. Yeah, and I'm excited to see... These two styles in action on the pitch. First MLS match. It's going to be incredibly exciting. PB&J, like you said, in full force. Uh, the reason I say that I, I figured Smith would come out attacking, he he actually is a Arsenal supporter, and he was actually youth academy coach and at Arsenal at one time. So Arsenal's playing style is normally a lot of possession, a lot of passing. That's what Frank DeBoer's style is. So I'm really excited to see the possession battle. I'm really excited to see how how high the teams press up the pitch. Is Nashville going to come out with a high line? Are they going to drop back like you said? Are we going to come out with a high line? Uh, so a lot of question marks around formations, around tactical styles. But at the end of the day, there's only one stat that matters, Joe. And it's, uh, it's who scores more goals at the end of the game. So... Let's get into it. Give me give me a score prediction for this Saturday night in the 10-degree wind chill up in Nashville. Well, I'm going to hold true to what I just said earlier with the 3-1 to one score prediction. I'm just excited that we're going to build this new rivalry. We already had a game the other year when we played Nashville in a preseason game up in the cold, and their supporters showed great love to our supporters, and it was a fun rivalry to kind of just build upon there. And now it is a true MLS rivalry that we're going to try to build upon. It's the closest and the only actual drivable distance for a rivalry. And, and maybe Nashville can give Atlanta something to actually call a rivalry other than our our sons or daughters down south. I like it. I like 3-1. I'm going to go 2-1 Atlanta United. Uh, Joseph with the goal, Petey with the goal. I think the Martinez bros keep it rolling. And uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to take my shirt off if we score, Joe. Like I said, I'm going to be in the upper deck and 10-degree wind chill. But since you're not going to be there, I feel like I'm obligated to rip my shirt yeah, off. Yeah, if I'm not there, someone's got to take their shirt off. But, okay, I'm going to do Blake, it for you. I'll rip it off. Like this has been a great show, and I think we should wrap it up. I want to thank Brian for coming out and giving us that wonderful Beer of the Week segment. And I I hope you have a fun time in Nashville. Yeah, I mean, of course I'm going to have a fun time in Nashville. It's Music City, baby. It's hot chicken, Music City. They got great beer. They got great food. We're going to be there all weekend. It's going to be a blast. I'll be holding it down in Atlanta, drinking my Atlanta-based beers. And and we'll have a great time. See you guys next week.
something crash They lost in translation, they not understanding me Joseph Martinez, Atlanta is family My city love me, Orlando was mad at me I can't be clean when they stepped over and trashed me We got WrestleMania, Frank the Boy, MLS champs Gotta thank the Lord, boy we number one, what you take us for? Gotta shout out all the blanks